You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just a Tip of the NBA podcast that is still available for the head coaching vacancies. Still out there. Just take, uh, letting you know, taking calls. We know a lot of them have been filled. That's okay. Pelicans, we see you. You're still searching. Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. I, I like Orlando. the beach. I like the beach. Yeah, I like Disney. You know, it's, it's good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, just hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. You send, add us, us. send us a call. Yeah. We're back. And since some of these coaching hire vacancies are still available, that means some of them are not. Some of the most recent hires include former players, Chauncey Billups. Quite a few. Yeah. Jason Kidd. And um, Celtics guy. Played for seven years. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. Mayo Odoku? Right. Yeah. Played for uh, played for seven years, so... We, we've just kind of seen a trend towards that of late, you think? Talk to Ty Lue, Steve Nash. Um, and you got, Steve Nash, to me, was kind of crazy. I mean, you got he was guys just, like, right got, out yeah. of playing to no yeah. assistant coach, yeah. just kind of right into it. And, you, I mean, you got NBA guys starting to be scattered around the NCAA, too. You got Penny Hardaway at Memphis and Juwan Howard at Michigan. And, I don't know, maybe we're starting to see if Tim Duncan is potentially up for one of these roles someday. Um, we might be seeing see more players at um, – coaches? League. Yeah, yeah, more player coaches. I'd be surprised if LeBron doesn't at least coach for – at least own a team for... Well, you know he's going to own one because Jordan owns one. And if Jordan owns one, he's got to own one. The question is... Is he going to buy the Cleveland Cavaliers? That'd, I would, be crazy. that'd be I mean, you would think if he's going to buy a team, that that would be the team. Because Jordan bought Charlotte. I yeah. mean, it, yeah, it's in North Carolina. It's also one of probably one of the cheaper teams, let's be honest. Um, Cleveland's not... Stupid expensive, but it's definitely not one of the largest markets out there. No, no. I I feel like it's, you know, not as, probably not as cheap as like Memphis, because they're a little newer, or OKC. New Orleans is the smallest. Or New Orleans. Um, But, you know, no Knicks, or Bulls, or Celtics, or Lakers, you know. Yeah. Might be able to get like. Buy them for twenty dollars or something like they that. They start winning, know. they might be able to increase in value, but it's yeah, still, well, you know. <laughs> I think, I think at this point, their peak was probably a couple years ago. Peak value for now. For now, I mean, uh, we're still talking about the Cavs, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're getting yeah. They're, another peak is coming, but or in order to get to that peak, you got to make strategic hires, and you got to have the right pe- people. Uh, Leading the ship, and so far, and what six of the teams have are, go- are going to say they have found their man. Uh, Chauncey Billups will be the new Portland Trailblazers head coach. Um, that came with a little five, actually, we got five, five, five of them. Yeah. So, Chauncey Billups, the Blazers, the Blazers. Uh, that one was kind of like I didn't know he was going for. The Blazers? I, I knew he was going to be in contention, I thought, for more of an East team, but he, uh, he ended up landing with them. And I think, especially after Damian Lillard asking for Jason Kidd and then Jason Kidd just kind of, like, withdrawing his name, I thought that was, that was kind of weird. Just what's going on there? Like, why? I mean, I guess it was pressures. Is that what? Hey, I don't know. Maybe Jason Kidd just really wanted to coach his old team. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's... I mean, if you're put in that position, like a coach or a player has re- uh, requested you to be the head coach, do you feel like that is just cause for you to pull your name out? 
Uh, I don't know. That's it's interesting. So obviously, Luca said he really liked the one Dallas Mavericks assistant, and they hired Jason Kidd instead. Yeah. Um. So, I I don't know. Maybe Jason Kidd just really didn't want to coach Damian Lillard. I. It'd be kind of hard to think about. Like you got, I mean, you go to Portland and you've got a superstar who, you know, obviously, well, it makes wh- you who has said, "I'm not going to go join a super team anywhere. I want to win here, and that's all fine and great." And up to this point, yes, that is what he's done. He's stayed with Portland, but at the end of the day, not getting to the finals over and over and over again gets a little tired. Wears on you. That's yeah. true. That's true. I think from Damian Lillard's perspective, yes, he would definitely want Jason Kidd as his head coach. That's why he said it. But Jason Kidd's perspective, yeah, you're a really good player, but also at this point in your career, I can see this being a very temporary. You are not long for the Blazers, Damian Lillard. Like you're, they're going to try to keep you there, but the way that they're running their organization, the way that they have their team structured, I think they're in a worse position than the Dallas Mavericks. Which coincidentally, Jason Kidd is now going to be the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Which makes me wonder if he has already had that in mind or in the works when Damian Lillard's like, I would love it if Jason Kidd's are my head coach. And he's like, Dude, shut up. Like, I've got this other thing over. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, he, and he might have been in more talks with the Mavs at that point. Yeah. Um, obviously, it did come out. Obviously, Jason Kidd was hired before Chauncey Billups was hired. So that would make sense. Uh, we'll see what it does down there. I think, honest to God, that team is, you know, anybody but Luka on that team is movable, I would say, right now. I don't think they're – I mean, I think anyone can be moved. I think they they got to find a team that works. I mean, they're on the they're on the doorstep, I would say. But clearly, Porzingis isn't your two. Clearly. It's so they're they're on the doorstep, but the way that they've gotten to the doorstep, it feels like they're on their last leg to get to where they were at, and they have to have a lot more in the tank to make it further than the first round because that's as far as they've gotten these past two playoffs on the back of a superstar. Granted, it's just only his third season. Correct, only his third season, so he's only going to get better. But can you count on his progression with how you put around him to be great enough? to get you pat over that hump to the second round and then further? Or is it just going to, all right, next season you can make it to the second round as far as possible, and then that's that's all you get? If you don't consistently, I don't know, make, as much as I want to tell them to run it back and just try it with more cohesion, I agree. I think Porzingis has his own deficits, and you have to prepare for those. And those deficits are either, A, he's not hitting, not shooting well, his defense has been pretty lackluster since coming back from injury, and I hope that, that can improve. But if it doesn't, you got to have somebody else on the floor who can make up for his like defensive deficits. And if you don't, I mean, Norm Powell's or not Norm Powell, who is it? Uh, Dwight Powell was a good option, but I think he may have turned a corner as far as his defensive prowess, especially after the uh, Achilles injury. I so mean, yeah, it. Not an easy thing yeah. to come back from. Yeah. And then they've got management issues and GM issues. And, and then all of that. I, I mean, well, front office-wise, this is probably apparently the most unstable. I mean, we hadn't heard anything until Rick Carlisle was like, out of nowhere, I'm gone. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff starts coming up. 
and now that looks like a pretty unstable front office. Look at giving the Knicks a run for their money right now. <laughs> um, Did the Knicks win that trade with Porzingis? I, I don't even know what they got back. I could not. Courtney Lee, maybe? Two first. Which turned into what? Uh, Barrett and. One is RJ Barrett for sure. Is, one, is the other one Kevin Knox? I thought it was an undrafted or Frank one. Frank so Okay. I thought it was a later one. Well, it's either Frank and Alakina. Um, well, one is definitely probably Barrett. Well, the four options are it's Barrett, Knox, Hoppin, or Nilakina. Those are their last four number one draft picks. I think. I don't remember who they took last year. And we'll quickly, quickly lose the first round, but they got that from the box. Um, I don't, I don't know. I can't even remember what they did there. But uh, some other coaching hires. The Hawks officially made today made Nate McMillan. Their head coach. Norm tag off him after they uh, fired the other guy. I can't remember what his name was. Um, and gave him a four-year deal. Uh, I think that's a pretty good fit, at least for the Hawks. I mean, like, okay, you could go out on the open market, or you could take the guy who came in, turned around the program, and let a bunch of guys who after the season didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs, much less the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's a good hire by the Hawks. Four years... Isn't a lot of time anyway, um, in the grand scheme of things, especially when you have such a young team like the Hawks. So I think you're just looking for McMillan to continue the development of all the Hawks' young players, and boy, are they, boy, are there a lot of them. There are, and they've, I think, drafted consistently, and they've been trusting the draft, trusting the draft, and trying to develop their players. And I, I. Respect that they made a few trades last year to try to accelerate the process. A couple of coaching overhauls. Um, really, really hit hit big on Nate, Nate Millen becoming available. That was huge. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit when we touch on the Hawks here, but I, I, you've got the coach. All right, done. And the next deal, I mean, what are you going to do with John Collins? That is that's the next it, yeah. piece because Trey will be eligible to sign an extension. This upcoming season. So you're potentially about to put a lot of money into these two players, and you have to decide kind of now, is this future of our franchise? Because let's be honest, what you're probably going to do is you're probably going to have, if you're going to extend Collins and Trey Young, based on DeAndre Hunter's trajectory right now, you're pro- he's he's not going to be he, he's going to be he's going to get paid in restricted free agency. He's going to he's going to have some money on him as well and who knows what you're going what Herder and Reddish are and Capella if you have to re-sign him. So it's I'm not too as worried about Herder and Reddish. I mean Herder as much as I liked him in the playoffs and what he did. For, Just because you yeah. have Herder, Reddish, and Bogdanovich, they're all kind of the same type of player. Right. You've got a plethora so if you can weed out the I guess what you have excess in team three shooting yeah. wing players. It's just that's, that's what I they, mean. They on, honestly, you right probably now. you probably try you probably could trade one of them, get a pick out of it because you know what? There's plenty of teams in the league right now that would love just to have a little extra three and D shooting guard small Ooh, forward. Yeah. Depth. Every team could use about three of those guys. I don't think they're getting rid of Cam Reddish because of his defensive abilities, and he's young. He's yeah. so young. Yeah. Um, I think I think if they moved one of them, it would be Bogdanovich because Bogdanovich is the oldest. They just traded for him, though. No, they didn't. They signed him in free agency. Remember, because he was oh, going to sign with the Bucks. Okay. 
I, I just I think based on age. No, you're right. You're right. That How old is he? The one he's at 28. He came into the league late. Okay. So Reddish is literally like 21, and Bogdanovich, I'm pretty sure, is like 28 years old. So, um, and I, I, when we've touched on this quite a bit, the Pacers, man, you just watched your old head coach go to the Eastern Punch Conference the Finals, right and you fired Nate Dorkman. What? I don't even know how many, like, three-fourths away, two-thirds away through half, the season. It felt like it was halfway almost. Yeah. So, uh, they got Rick Carlisle, who left the apparent... Uh, who left the apparent terrible front office of Dallas. Um, I like that. I kind of like that movie. It's a, it's a veteran present. It's not that Nate McMillan wasn't, but obviously this Nate Bjorkrand guy didn't work out. Um... And uh, you've got you've got pieces there in Indiana. Obviously, you need a couple more. Sabonis is it's solid. You like what Brogdon gives you. You're hoping Karis LeVert can come back. Maybe you trade Miles Turner. I don't know. But I think I think that'll be a good good coaching hire for. I think so. I mean, I find it very difficult for them not to figure out a way to use their pieces a little bit better because they just needed a little bit better direction. The bonus bonafide all star. Miles Turner could be unlocked. He's a very good player, and I think they used him in a. I don't know. He's he's gone through a couple coaches. I'm I'm a little bit hesitant about Miles Turner now. I hope that his defensive prowess and his like he's good on defense. If he can bring his offensive skill set up a little bit, maybe a Rudy Gobert level, that would be I think passable. The health concerns for me for Malcolm Brogdon are that's about what I could when he's playing. He's great. He's awesome. But I don't know if I trust him. Karis LeVert to see how he comes back this season will be huge. They've got a solid team. If they can draft another, you know, what, what, what? They need a, they need a, a three. A solid wing? Yeah, because, you know, I've, you, they, they, need, they need a three. If you look at every, like, solid team, every good NBA championship winning team, really, there's been a bonafide all-star at the two or three position. Yeah. And they don't have that right now. They don't. They, they, have, don't. An, they have an all-star center in Sabonis and a borderline all-star point guard in Brogdon, and that is it. You need you need more. You need more. So, oh, what is that? Um, the only vacancies left are... They do have, so the Pacers do have that 13th pick this year, so see if they can get the Giannis pick. Wouldn't every team love that? Took themselves that sweeper from a foreign country. Yeah, right. Five years becomes an MVP. So the Pelicans still coachless. Still coachless. I mean, I'd be. I pretty much just fired Stan Van Gundy, and like I would have expected for as fast that or as sudden as weird as that happened that he had somebody lined up. Yeah, and, and plus, like, when you look at the, talent, the young talent, I mean, come on, Brandon Ingram and Zion, what, you can't tell me a, co- a coaching candidate doesn't want to at least throw their two cents at that and try to make it work with those two. Right? So, I would, I, someone's got to be, I'm, you know, the longer they wait, the more coaching, the more options you have. Even if you weren't really thinking about Rick Carlisle as your head coach, too bad, you can't even think about him now. Yeah, that's... So, you snooze, yeah. you lose. Yeah, so, you know, the longer they wait, the more coaching candidates walk out the door, and, you know, the same can be said for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, they're kind of dragging their feet a little bit, too. 
Yeah, fired Steve Clifford, or was that a mutual agreement? I feel like everything these days is a mutual agreement. I believe it was mutual. Yes, of course, yes, of course. So, I mean, I'd rather have the Pelicans job than the Magic job, but that's not to say that the Magic job, obviously, obviously you want a head coaching job, let's be honest. You think you, okay, Take so it, but that is an interesting, I probably would agree with you, just because Zion, I think, and Brandon Ingram, a fun to try and coach, but I think the Orlando Magic are set up in a better position to succeed sooner than the Pelicans are. I don't trust the bench of the Pelicans. I, I don't know if you know no. how, how flimsy their their structure is right now. They also had no direction last year. It's like, oh yeah. It's like, it's like why are we why are we playing Zion with Stephen Adams and Jackson Hayes at the same time? Kind like, of feeling it out no. all the wrong ways. No. If if you're gonna put a five, Zion's gonna play the four. Then you need a five. You need a stretch five. You can shoot. You know what? You know I think perfect fit. Honestly, Miles Turner. He can shoot the three. That would be a good fit at five. Jackson Hayes started to shoot the three at the yeah. very end of the year. I mean, yes, yeah, so does everybody when they're out of convention in the playoffs. Which is interesting why they haven't. I think Stan Van Gundy, they realized quickly he was not the coach that needed to be developing that team. So maybe they're just like, we no, just you need threw, to get you off. threw an old school coach on a new school team, and then there was Steven Adams. Right. I think because his Adams freshman year, or his freshman season in the NBA, he's like, wow, his defense is so bad. We need to get some defensive help here. So they're like, David Gundy, that's the first call. Tom Thibodeau. And they're just like, oh, shit. Okay, well, that's – they improved a little bit, I think. His, his defense has improved slightly, but not not the right way. Yeah. I don't think that's the right coaching decision. But anyway, I, we'll see who they, who they land on. I'm, I'm not sure what kind of an offense that they're going to run. Point Zion's going to be a – Consistent go-to, mm-hmm. but it seemed to do well for them when they figured it out this year. And we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, but no, their bench I think to me is the more is the weaker of the two teams. Orlando Magic, I think through not fleecing but through getting seriously good assets out of their three best players. Yeah, Gordon Strickland Fournier. Yes, they kind of really reset their whole you know future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you still got young guys, Mo Bamba, Markel Fultz, um, was it uh, Jonathan Isaac will be coming off injury this next season. He's a nice young piece. Hopefully he um, can come back with some good help. Yeah, you just, you just got Wendell Carter Jr. from the Bulls. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's our coaching carousel, if you will. We just finished up. It might not be the only coaching carousel. I'm curious That's to true. see. Well, you know, we'll, we'll break into that. We're going to talk about the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. The Suns beat the Clippers, and the Bucks beat the Hawks. We talked about the Hawks high, and I think what Mason is alluding to is Mike Budenholzer for the Bucks. I think most people would have said when, the, when they went down 2-0 to the Nets... Woo! It was okay. Chomping at the it's bit. Okay. The coaches were dropping like Who's flies. The next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And they went down 2 0. I think a lot of people are like, all right, well, the series doesn't look like it's going to go. Oh, much do you longer. think the Pelicans are holding out, right? Or the Magic or the or Wizards are holding Might, out for like Boondolds? No, why would you? I mean, why? Because they can develop players, I guess. No, uh, I don't know. But anyway, so the Bucks beat the Hawks six games. 
Trey Young had a couple phenomenal games early. Oh, it was beautiful. Rolled his ankle. Was, was out a game. And the game, first game he was out, they blew out the Bucks. Because now the Bucks had they, now Bucks were down the entire first half, and they about they cl- clawed back to about seven points back of the Hawks, and then Giannis goes down with a pretty ugly hyperextension. I saw the video and I was like, "Well, he's gone. That's an ACL. No, no structural damage." I'm still not convinced. I don't. Okay, now that convinced. is, I you know, and I think that was the idea of the Bucks. Let's just, and I know, it, see it goes. yeah, let and I honestly. It, who needs to diagnose it right away? Is that really that important? It puts it in the minds of the Suns. Well, we have to game plan if he does play. So, then the Hawks tied it up, and then the Bucks on the back of Chris Middleton's two 20-point second and third quarters out of nowhere, game five and six, and the Bucks advanced the Eastern to the finals for the first time since Joe, 1974. Somewhere... Right now, Sam Hyde is punching the air because we you, you neglected to mention the person who I have been Drew Holiday had downgrading this pretty whole good, pretty season. pretty good game five and six, five and six. If I was like, all right, I guess what I have to go with if Giannis isn't going to be here, I'll step up and be no, Drew Holiday of old. And, and, and I and I will say, past the Miami series, not just Drew Holiday, but the entire team has struggled on the offensive end. Shooting numbers are down now. Chris Middleton has literally won them a couple of these games by going off for 37 and 34, you know, and having these monster 20-point quarters. Six, he had a 16-0 run by himself. Can you imagine if they make it and they beat and they win if the finals MVP goes to Chris Middleton? Honestly, right right now, with no Giannis, if the Bucks win the series, it's probably, if Giannis does not play and the Bucks win the finals, it is 70-30 Middleton to Holiday for Finals MVP, I'd say. Wow. I would say right now. If there's betters out there right now, now I wonder unless, what the over-under is now, for um, the Finals um, MVP. Unless Drew Holiday is. starts doing 20 and 15s again, like like, like he did in Game 5. Yeah. And I don't know. That was an amazing game by Drew Holiday. But <laughs> I, I got to give him credit. He, uh, he had a good one. It's, uh, you know, I think, and we kind of, the Bucks clawed it out. I was a little worried when Giannis went down just because, yeah, I mean, Mike Puno's are not clearly not a great game, like game change, like game changing coach. Like, he doesn't make adjustments a lot. So it's like, okay, now we have our. Like, what's he gonna do? Giannis is out. How is he gonna run this offense? And they what they did is they forced him to do a change. <laughs> exactly. And what they did is they just pounded the living crap inside. Brook Lopez just. 14 of 18 in game 5 for 33 <laughs> points. Bobby Portis had 20 points in the paint. Bobby fucking Portis. Who? Oh, oh my right? god. They pounded the paint. And I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Which is what I was thinking they should have done the whole time against the exactly. Hawks. Exactly. If you just, like, if, okay, that one Nets game, it only happened once. It was game six. Because Brooklyn took game five, right? They took game five back? Yeah. Yes, okay. And so game six, Giannis took zero three-point attempts. Yeah. Zero. And just lived in the paint. And it's like, oh my god. Look what just do that. Do. I just do that. And I know like, not having Dante DiVincenzo to help shoot around the perimeter hurts. But it's like, okay, if you know you have Holiday and you have Middleton who can shoot. And Forbes is okay. Conningham's okay. PJ Cutker's okay from his spot in the corner. It's like, just stay inside the paint, dude. Know your lane. 
Oh, you're late. No, and you know what the Bucks did? They said, you know what, Brooke Lopez, you're just taller than everybody else. So Use gonna, it, baby. Use it. We're going to give you the ball, and you're just going to beat the shit out of Capella for four quarters. And that's what he did in games that became five. Okay. Cool. And it worked. So maybe maybe that... Brooke have, Lopez for MVP. Finals MVP, Brooke Lopez. Oh, my God. I don't know. He could have four blowout games, and who knows? <laughs> and who knows? Who knows? But I mean, kind of touched on the Hawks, obviously. A little bit ahead of schedule. Maybe, but ton of young talent. I think oh you, I think you would love what you have if you're a Hawks fan right now. Like you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with no DeAndre Hunter and with no Cam Reddish until the Eastern Conference Finals. I think DeAndre Hunter is the second best player on that team. He had a blow up year this year, and I had him in fantasy. So believe me, I know. Uh, I'm very surprised at how well they did without him. I don't Again, really understand. It's that, it's that wing depth. It, they I got think it. The wing depth, especially in this season when they needed it, I'm curious when they don't need it. If they, like we talked about before, trade off some of that depth like, you to don't, fill out the rest yeah, of the You roster. don't necessarily need all four of them. Yeah. And if you're going to let John Collins walk, now Hunter could play the four, technically, but I think he's more suited at the three. Yeah. So if you are going to let John Collins walk, you're definitely keeping Hunter. And then, you know, okay, you, you try to move one of Reddish, Bogdanovich, or Herder. I said, I think it'd be Bogdanovich because of his age. And maybe you can either get draft capital or you get another young four that you might like. You never know. I mean, the, the benefit of Johns Collins is that he, he can't space the floor. He's a great rim runner with Trey Young. But you also have Capella, who is a great rim runner as well. So you don't necessarily need two of those because... You don't need two people to run a pick and roll, right. like two post players to run the pick and roll. Yeah, um, and I think Okongwu and Okongwu can kind of stretch the floor too at the five. So it's, but obviously he's limited minutes. Although he did play very well in the playoffs when he did get minutes. I think he got more minutes in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. <laughs> they needed him <laughs> seriously, but you know I think for the Hawks it comes down to what are you going to do with Collins, and I think that will. That's depend. the big question this summer. Yeah. If you take Collins, if you keep Collins, then you might try to ship off the Bogdan. Bogdanovich also has the bigger contract, and you are looking at extending Collins and extending Trey Young, and you're going to have to extend Hunter down the line, and those are going to be pretty sizable contracts because Collins wants the max. You're definitely going to give Trey Young the max, and it wouldn't surprise me if in two years DeAndre Hunter's getting the max. So I feel like his like Jalen Brown got the max, and I think DeAndre Hunter's evolution and progression has been better than Jalen Brown's was up to this point. Now, obviously, very young. Jalen Brown made massive steps this year. Yeah. Um, but I think we're seeing an earlier development from Hunter. I feel like wasn't expecting this, uh, <laughs> no, this early, but unfortunately, no. his injury did take him out. I haven't seen him return to form uh, from... from... The regular season form? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'm but very they got an off-season. got an off-season. Yeah. Very hopeful for this off-season that they can yeah, I, I would. I mean, I would. I would expect definitely playoff contenders again next year. I don't. You know, I. I don't. I don't know. I don't. They could squeeze in the top four, uh, depending on what the Heat and the Celtics and the Raptors kind of do. But I think you're kind of penciling in the, the Sixers, Bucks, and Nets uh, for those top three spots next year, unless some major things happen. Cough, cough. Ben Simmons moves. <laughs> but um, I, I. I think their future looks great. And if you're a Hawks fan, I think you got a lot to look forward to. Oh yeah, that's that's for sure. They just gotta make sure they don't screw it up, right? 
How, how hard could that be? Just don't mess it up, right? <laughs> easier, easier said than done. But we move over to the West and the uh, Sam's Sam Suns beat the clip the Kawhi-less Clippers. Yep. In six games, they struggled to get to it. They finally were able to break through. They really struggled. The Suns were wasn't really trusting, but they did. They beat him in uh, six. So. They beat him in six. Uh, Paul George. Breaking out that alpha in them to, to win a couple games. Yeah, yeah, we were all PG fans for a second. We're like, "What is this Indiana?" PG, uh, yeah, Reggie Jackson. Out of just, nowhere, right? I mean, it's like what the, Marcus Morris had a almost thirty point game one of these games. I mean, when someone had to step up, and those guys did, and I'll be in. It's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what the Clippers roster looks like next year because Reggie Jackson was on a one year minimum. One year vet minimum, and you know he's making more than ten million dollars next year after this. He's getting paid. Yeah, he's gonna get paid. And then you have Kawhi Leonard, who can go somewhere else this offseason. which is very intriguing because he wasn't. I don't even know if they want him back. I know you want Kawhi Leonard back because he's Kawhi Leonard, but it's almost like a shit when we need them, but we couldn't use them. That kind of sucks. Like, it did get us to a certain point, but yeah. Paul George yeah. couldn't get us further. I don't know what they do. This is going to be very interesting. I mean, you can't just like, let him walk. I, well, okay, you, because you didn't trade anything for him, yes, you can technically let him walk and you won't have lost anything. Right. But You'll save money. But, but yeah, you're going to save money, but who are you bringing in? What other superstar can you grab? I mean, you found some young pieces. Terrence Mann looks like you found a great piece. Um, there. I mean, hell, he won game five of that... Um, Utah series. Right. Dropping 33 points. Undrafted. Undrafted. Um, and, I mean, I, I, this roster could look completely different next year. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with Reggie Jackson. I don't know what you're going to do with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you clearly need more pieces around those two. That you can't be relying on Nicholas Platoon to be a starter. But All right. I wonder right. if they give him, like, Kawhi's never been like that five-year, long-term deal kind of guy. I wonder if they give him a Bradley Beal, a two for eighty, or something like that. Ooh, that'd be a it, that's a that's a healthy contract, steep, yeah, deep contract for sure. But again, it'd only be for two years, and I think that's just about when Paul George's contract is up. He signed the extension though. PG did that. Yeah, so he so, threw for like another. Yeah. So PG PG's locked, and the question is, what do you do with Kawhi? I I would I don't well, want to do you resign Kawhi, trade PG because you kind of increase his draft capital for. I think the LA Clippers at some point have to make. Yeah, but you can rely on Paul George to be there, and right now you cannot rely on Kawhi Leonard to be there. It's just two years in a row. Fair, fair, but PG. The thing with him is he's an alpha B. He's not an alpha A. Like he'll, he deferred to Kawhi. If you bring in another star, maybe he'll be the, the alpha A who can be that Paul George we saw without. Kawhi so, so, so you think you need a guy who's a, who's not, not? He's. I think it matters to him who you bring in. Like if he thinks like, oh shit, this guy. Bring LeBron James. He's gonna okay, be an alpha okay. B. What if you? What if? What if you bring in a Bradley Beal? I think at that point, you think that would be an alpha B? a perfect opportunity there. But that that would be difficult. Or but like, uh, yeah, that, that would. Or I'm kind of you know, I Brad, think Bradley Beal. No trade calls as well. A Bradley Beal, a CJ McCollum, a Chris Middleton type player. 
kind of that second tier. Well, Brett and Bradley would be like better than the than the latter two, but it's that second tier all star. Right, right. And even Bradley Beals had his, his own injury history. He's not immaculate, but yeah, he's a solid, solid two man. Especially because Kawhi also plays the same position as Paul George, so it's like you have a lot of depth. In an area you can't get the yeah. best utilization out. Now, I mean, but they both can stretch. Oh yeah, yeah, and they do, and they do. But yeah. if you didn't have to, yeah, why would you if you didn't have to? And the one thing is, you also have to think Bradley Beal's defense is okay. It's not otherworldly, like either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard's. Like they're very good defenders. So if you lose one of them and bring someone else in, you're going to have to bring in other defensive tools. Now, obviously, you've got Terrence Mann, who's going to be a good guard defender, as yep. well as Pat Bev. Um, but, again, Marcus Morris, eh. Luke Kennard, Zubak, eh. Eh. especially okay. if you have a center who can shoot. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, thing that the, uh, uh, the biggest thing that the Clippers need to develop is their bigs and figuring out if they can turn Kawhi or PG into a... Uh, Another type of asset. Having all of that talent at a wing position is fine, but you probably would want a little bit better center and or yeah. guard play than as much wings as you have. Ch- What's a, what are the chances they just run it back? You could argue, and yeah, again, we talked about this last week, the what is. You could argue that, you know, if healthy, the, the finals wouldn't even look like this. The Suns might not even made out the first round. The Bucks wouldn't have made it past the Nets. I mean, it's a bunch of what ifs. So the Clippers thinking, well, if we had Kawhi, sure, maybe. They also didn't have Serge Ibaka. That's true too. So you, so you could argue that if the Clippers were fully healthy, that they would be in the finals right now. But again, if we argue that, then you have to argue well. You would have ran into LeBron and AD most likely, and then in the finals, you probably would have played Durant, Harden, and Kyrie because that's. Let's be honest. I think coming in healthy, like it was, if everyone was healthy, it was like, all right, well, that's what was it's gonna, it probably was be it's Nets, Nets, Nets versus an LA team. Yeah, is what a lot of people thought it was going to be, and then all hell broke loose, and every other All Star and their brother got injured. And yeah, and the playoffs would. I feel like this year more than most years, and we've talked about this, but like just the amount of All Stars and. Playoff team all stars who are, who were hurt this year it was unbelievable. I mean, Chris Paul went down for a bit. LeBron wasn't fully healthy. AD out. Jamal Murray out. Trey Young gets hurt. Jalen Brown doesn't play at all. Giannis gets hurt. Kawhi's out for a little bit. Um, just a lot, a lot of guys. A lot, a lot of high impact guys on the game of basketball. I've heard in the playoffs. A lot this year. of ticket sellers. A lot of ticket yes. sellers. We'll see. I'm yes. curious to see what the ratings are for this year's finals because it's going to be two typically smaller market teams than yeah. you, you I used also, to see in the past. Yeah, so. I, I think I think you'll lose some because it's you know it's not LeBron, it's not Steph. But then again, I think you might also gain some because it's like oh these are it's it's new blood. Devin Booker and Giannis yeah, Antetokounmpo. New blood. This is this is those are teams we haven't seen in the playoffs in decades. Right. So it, it could go either way. I'm, I'll be watching. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know you will be. Yeah. Obviously. You'll be wearing your but wait, I'm surprised you're not wearing your Giannis jersey right now. Yeah, you know. Hurt. 
<laughs> Alright, so, Suns, Bucks, Finals, matchup. Here Chris, we go. Chris Paul apparently has a couple torn ligaments in his hand. Clearly didn't affect him in Game 4 with that 40-point. When did that come out? I don't know. This week, apparently, they just said he's dealing with some issues with the shooting hand. Um, again, did it affect him? I mean, a 40-point, like, an assist game six and a closeout? Oh, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you have Giannis with the hyperextended knee. No timeable uh, turn right now. He's just being listed as doubtful for everything. I know the Suns are officially favored to win the NBA Finals without Giannis. And even as a Bucks fan, I can't say I disagree. I'm glad you're... You're still based in reality here. It's, well, I mean, it's just it's now the regular season matchup, two games, both decided by one point. Yeah, one in overtime, and then Drew Holiday didn't play in another one of them because uh, he was on the COVID list at the time. All right, let's. So let me, let me. and in those and in those games, Giannis averaged forty points. DeAndre Ayton had nothing for him. Now we've seen a whole different DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs so far. So who freaking knows? Right. But, you know, I always kind of like to go down the lineup. All right, you got Holiday and CP3. All right, advantage, advantage CP3 right now. Uh, Booker, Middleton, advantage Booker overall. And you kind of go down. But and defensively, it's just like, though, you put PJ Tucker on Booker. You can't. Yes, you can do Which is now, that. I think, what they would do. Or switch Drew Holiday onto, onto him to see how that works out. Yeah. And then maybe PJ Tucker on CP3. He's six five, and yeah. the advantage is there. Um, but I think a very interesting is going to be where how DeAndre Aiden handles Brook Lopez, mm-hmm. how he handles um, Chris Middleton, who is surprisingly tall and long for his, his position. And he's he's six eight. He's big. Yeah, and not to say that DeAndre Aiden's small, but he's not a big big man. Um, mm-hmm. And they really that's been I think uh, the Suns' biggest deficit is their center position, which hasn't been able to be exploited because A, AD was not in there, not healthy. B, the who was it after that? Jokic. Jokic, not a... But, but, but at, at, at that point, without Jamal Murray, so one-dimensional. Right. You could, they, they were throwing double teams at him, obviously. Make Jokic every, was... Make eating. everybody else... Jokic had a 20-rebound game in a game that they lost. Yeah. Um, and then... And against the Clippers, the, the Clippers don't have a, a big man either. So, like, there's been no big guys to stand up to DeAndre Ayton yet. And I'm excited to see if Brooke Lopez, of all people, could be that guy. But he was able to freaking feast against Clint Capella. And so Clint Capella's not a bad center. I would, I, I honestly, I would put Capella and Ayton in the same category. stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're in the same bracket of center, I think. Again, same... Name's punching air right now. Like he is so much better than Clint Capella. He is so much better. He's younger. He has better potential. Yes, Sam. He's got more potential. But for right now, Clint Capella and DeAndre Ayton at best are on the same stratosphere. Yes, they're in the same. They're in the same center bracket. I I agree. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Like defensive wise, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't hate this matchup really either way. Either way, let's be honest. I mean, you're gonna have. Bridges, who's going to probably guard Middleton. You think Michael Bridges will probably guard Middleton, if I had to guess. guess. Yep. And they'll probably hide... Um, Where's your crowd going? Park him on... Uh, you know, because right now, 
Uh, you know, Jay Crowder will probably take Bobby Portis, and I think they're going to hide Devin Booker on PJ Tucker. And then they're unless, unless but well, they could do they off. do they trust CP3 on Holiday? I think so at this point. I, I think you put Bridges, your probably your best wing defender, on Middleton. I think you you shift Booker to guard PJ Tucker, and then they have a Crowder on Bobby Portis, and obviously Aiton on Brooke Lopez. And I think the other way, I think you do kind of look at PJ Tucker on Booker potential. And Middleton's not a bad defender. Yeah. Um, but PJ Tucker's a dog. Yeah. And look what he and, 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 is and, and, also a dog. Yes. Uh, yes. He, he, and, although he did toe the line a bit, if I will say. He always bit. does. Uh, he always does. I mean, you look at what PJ Tucker did, and I mean, Durant had a couple great efficiency shooting ends, but they're also not that yeah, Durant got his, but he took a lot of shots. He did. They made and, work for it. Yeah, and and, that, and that's what you're trying to make Devin Booker. You know, he's going to get his. You just have to try to make it an inefficient game for him. If you keep it inefficient, they can they can keep it. I mean, we we have seen games where Booker and Chris Paul have been inefficient. That that game was a game four win, and they uh, when they both shot like what, oh yeah, they were both for, like five yeah for five for twenty yeah. yeah terrible terrible. It's possible. It's possible. I especially think, if Chris Paul is not at one hundred percent. He's been playing through injury this whole series. This is the first he's ever made it. Congrats to him for finally making it to the finals. First time he made it to the Western Conference Finals, he makes it to the finals. He's never been to a Western Conference Finals. Lob City yes. never never got no Lob City never got out of the first round, the second round. When he was in Houston, they made it. Oh, they that's lost right. To the, that's the right. Warriors that's after right. They were up three two. That's Western right. Finals. The the zero for twenty seven three point shooting night was rough for Mister Paul. Yeah, he's like I don't like to talk about three one. I don't want to talk about it. He didn't talk about it, but they make it through. I'm not. I'm proud of him. Uh, but no, it's gonna be, I think, a really good finals. I'm sad to not I, see I hope our so. old head like superstars, but it's still it's one new of blood. Those. Well, it's 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 new young blood, for the exception of Chris Paul, and that's just new old blood. Right, Chris Paul's old shit. Ooh. Um, but you know, obviously, as a Bucks fan, I wish Giannis to be there. Um, I think with him, it's. Seven game series with him, I think. Um, I, I think right now, given what we know about Giannis, I think the Suns win. I think the Suns win in six. But the Bucks play really well on their own floor, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks drop the first two in Phoenix and then win the second two at home. I'm going to go, and you know what's funny? Here's the thing: if Giannis comes back. It will not be in the first two games. I guarantee it. I'm going to go Bucks back, in seven. Buck, if Giannis comes back? I'm assuming he comes back. Assuming Giannis? I, I would agree. Now, now, okay. For at least two games. Well, the, then the question is, what 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 percentage of Giannis are we going to get? Could because you get a, a scapegoat James Harden game where you, you bring him back and like anytime you get him the ball, he gets doubled. He made it so like a decoy. A decoy. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe. Maybe. Because if you got to think what... Giannis's injury is, and the type of game he plays, not a good mix. So I'm, I'm. If he does come back, I don't think we'll see even close to a full Giannis. If we have a full Giannis, no injury. Honestly, I think the Bucks are probably favored in the series. Um, but without him, and even with an unhealthy, a not 100, percent I think it swings in the Suns' direction. But if he does come back, if he can come back in like 80, percent 
and that's a big if, I think. Yeah. Then I think the Bucks can win. In, I think the Bucks win in seven. This is pretty crazy because I, mean, I, I I just I don't think that again he has, he averaged forty points against the Suns this season. I don't think they have an answer. I mean, Jay Crowder is a dog, but and even if he's at half mass, that's twenty points, dude. Yeah. Here's the thing. I and Aiden, love this. Got I wish Sam was here on this one because Suns versus Bucks. This is a yeah, half of, or two thirds of the tip off. They're a uh, wet dream here. The way we can make it better with OKC versus the Cavs. That'd be perfect. Yeah, well, you would like that. Because would. you wouldn't lose. Yeah, it's just a win-win right there for it's me. It's a win-win. But. Uh, yeah, I, I say right now, I think. You're going Suns and six? Giannis and, no Giannis, Suns and six. I will go Bucks and seven. Assuming Giannis plays two. If there's no Giannis, Suns in Suns in five. Five? Yeah, hard, hard to see them. Like, I, I look at Clippers game, and I'm like, you know what? Like, they were in a lot of those. Like, they, I mean, they, they gave away game one because Paul George missed free throws. And I'm like, they were in those games. And that, that gives me some hope without Giannis. But at the end of the day, you were, they're going to need Middleton to be a 30-point guy. Like, you, you have to go, Middleton and Hall, they have to go toe-to-toe with Booker and Paul. They've got to keep it up. They've got to keep it up. I think this is honestly probably one of the better matchups we could have asked for that we didn't think. I think this was kind of a joke matchup that people talked about for a little while. You know, you know, I could argue this was probably, this could have been the matchup of your third team you thought would make it. Because I think in the East you probably thought, okay, Nets Sixers first. And then, and, then, and then in the West, you think the two LA teams. And then I think at that point, you're kind of like, okay, Milwaukee's the clear third team in the East. I think maybe in the West, you think, okay, well, maybe Utah's in there. But it definitely is kind of like your third string finals matchup almost. Which isn't bad. Isn't bad. It's nice to have some, you know, just mixing up the finals. You know, you got a Raptors in there. You know, right. as much as I love seeing LeBron and Cleveland playing the finals every year, you know, it is, it is nice to see that the league isn't just the same. A handful, those handful of four or five teams every year. You know, we're getting other teams in this. So right, right. It's you got to build up your your fan base, but you also got to expand, which I'm glad that they are doing. But uh, we also have a uh, prediction from Sam Hyde, which Suns in four, right? Suns in six. Oh, I would, I would. I, I would shock you and say Suns and Vore. I agree. I thought I was going to, for sure, I think he's been a little real on this one. If uh, Giannis is back, Suns and seven. All right. All right. Not a bad prediction either. I think, I think, I think, well, I think Middleton will win a game or two. And I think, I mean, the bench won the game six from Milwaukee. I mean, Middleton and Holiday both had great games. Don't get me wrong. And they're not going to give you this every night, but Connington came off the bench and gave you 12, and Jeff T came off the bench and gave you 11. That's not going to happen every time, and Bryn Forbes has been... But Bryn Forbes was amazing in the Miami series after Dante DiVincenzo went down and hasn't figured it out since then. So, I think... I think with the Bucks, you, you need to try to find 20 points from the bench players, and really you're only pulling three off that bench. Realistically, they'll, they'll pull Thanasis off only in a defensive, like, last 10 seconds of the half. 
because he gets out there and he's another dog. And I, he plays so hard on defense. He's got to, man. He's playing for it. And and he and he, he's one of those guys where like literally he'd be there for free. He doesn't care. Like he just loves the game. And you see him on the bench, he's the loudest one up, and it doesn't matter who it is, if they're getting blown out or whatnot, he's just always up, and he's always for it, which is awesome to see. He's an energy guy, and you have to have those guys on the bench. Like Dwight Howard, when he was with the Lakers, he would play some, but when he wasn't playing, one of the best qualities about him was he was an energy guy, and he's always uh, keep people's spirits up, keep people like driving forward. You need those, especially this late in the late in the season, people are getting tired of being Especially with the shortened schedule and what everything like that, too. Um, you, there's a reason why uh, Jared Dudley keeps getting signed contracts. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying, if but, he never sees the floor, he's got to be bringing something else to the table here. Yeah, right. So, like, come it's on. It's why Haslam's still on the heat. Right, like there's just there's a culture place, guy, culture guy, there, culture guy. There's there's a place for those people in in on a team, and you 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 can be that kind of guy. That's that's excellent. Um, soon after the break, we'll be uh, getting a a call in from a, a random caller to give their take on the finals. So after this short message, we'll uh we'll get right back to you. And so we're now taking in our this uh, our caller here to see give their finals take on this upcoming uh, Suns versus Bucks NBA finals. So here we go. Live on the air, caller. As far as the take here, I think it's pretty clearly uh, Sun game. I don't think Giannis. I think he can be back, but I don't think he can be back in 100. You know. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I looked at that. I cannot believe that it was not immediately the number of ACL tear. Come on, now that uh, the uh, Suns defense has set up the Giannis really well between uh, Crowder and Aiden, and they call, uh, they're also going to be able to put uh, Bridges on uh, Milton. The Drew Holiday is really going to be the X factor for them. I love Drew Holiday. I don't think Drew Holiday alone can beat that Suns offense. So as long as you know. No major injuries, everyone stays healthy, obviously, knock on wood. I haven't sucked Interesting, you think the Suns are uh, equipped to stop Giannis, and there are two regular season games, he did average 40 points. Uh, but the Suns also won both those games, so... By, by, by one point each, and Holiday was on the COVID list for... <laughs> See, this is why I was so sad we were going to be lift, missing the integral part about this finals matchup because there's just, it, it feels like two out of the three of us would be a happy camper right now, but right now I'm just sitting across from a guy smiling ear to ear, like he's about to, they're about to sweep the suns over here. I'm like, oh shit, don't 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 forget, Giannis isn't back yet. I, I did not say the Bucks were going to sweep. He may or may not be back for round one. I think it's officially uh, declared. I can tell you right now it's on our six-point Vegas favorites with the uncertainty of Giannis. But they can be either declared or out, see how that line's going to move. That's uh, be very telling. I think um, I think he's doubtful. I think six points I think six points is a big spread. I think for anyone who's following this for betting, I think that I would maybe look into doing a parlay of some money line. And I forgot the over-under was set, but... Uh, uh, look into that. I really don't. Six points is a hard spread with the uncertainty of Giannis. 
Yeah, I think they're going to list him as doubtful um, up until game time like they did for each of the Hawks games. I know that the Suns were put as favorites for the series with the idea that Giannis would not play, which honestly I think is the more likely outcome, given what that injury looked like. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I honestly think that there, yeah, I think there, there's a universe where he's actually uh, have long-term structural damage, and they are just leaving him as doubtful, knowing he won't play for the gamesmanship. I think it's a lot harder to escape defensively when you get to play for both the honest and restless box. Yeah, little uh, little, little psychological warfare. Uh, yeah, you, know, you, 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 you can't you can't play one when they're having to you know then have their back to time for actually for an offense that won't be run. Mind games, baby. There's chess, chess, not checkers. Thank you, random caller. We yeah, will, thank, thank you, random caller. We hope to call, call on you again. Sounds good. I'll you guys later. Peace. You're first. First random caller on the show. How about that? First random caller. Well, uh, that, that's a, a take I was somewhat expecting. That he, he raised some good points, but we did talk about their, I think, deficits on on the defensive end and on the depth side of things for the for the Suns. They did win those regular season games with Giannis. We'll see if anything can be uh, can replicate that in the postseason without. Uh, they've got their hands full for sure, but that they do. That they do. Yes. You got anything else, or shall Ooh. we move on to? Worth mentioning. Um, I got one worth mentioning. Do you? I do. I do. Uh, Slovenia will officially be in the Olympics. First time in country history, Lupa's brought him there. Wow. So Slovenia will be in the NBA or the NBA, the, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, assuming it doesn't get shut down. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I like that. Um, I really don't have anything else from, from the last cast. Uh, it's been I've been a little bit out of out of out of pocket on some of these. There's also just less going on in the NBA right now. Obviously, we have the finals, but in terms of like just pure volume of NBA, it's like we're getting it once every two days instead of eight games every day. Yes, yes, indeed. So nothing quite for me right now, but I think there's uh, there's going to be plenty to come. Um, one thing that did come in today, and I guess, well, I won't, I won't touch on it too much, but there's a Rachel Nichols story that's starting to take hold of the of the NBA, and it is not a good look on her, I think, in my my opinion. But she's uh, she's commenting, I think, off the record, but somebody probably snuck in a camera or a some kind of a recording device to bring up that she's kind of getting pissed off that there's one other correspondent um, in ESPN. Uh, what is her name? Maria Taylor. She is, ESPN is like, hey, what if she did this on-court reporting for the finals and you took Horst Burke's position? And she's like, off-court? No, I'm, I'm good. Thanks, though. And she's like, I'm curious to see how they react, if they're going to do anything about that. But they're like, the diversity thing is so crazy. Like, I'm I just, she's getting a little bit of backlash right now for, for kind of coming out against Maria Taylor. And I, I'm curious to see how things develop, but this is the beginning of an interesting story that uh, I think we'll, that I'll is, be paying attention to. Yeah, it's, 
it uh, it's a story for the times we live in. That's for it sure. It is indeed. It is indeed. But uh, that's pretty much all I've got so far. So other than that, it's, uh, it's all I got. We'll come to you for sure after the finals. Maybe in between if something crazy happens. You never know. But until then, peace.